Welcome to the Rise to the Challenge podcast. Joining me today, he's a singer and songwriter. It's Dylan LaFave. How are you doing today, Dylan? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? Doing good. We are so excited to have you on the show to talk about your rise to the challenge. What we like to do with <laughs> all of our guests is go right to the beginning. Talk about where you're from and what you like doing growing up. Uh, so I'm originally from, I was actually born in Connecticut in the States. And then I moved over to Montreal when I was like six years old. And uh, ever since then, I've lived here and I've been back and forth between here and Toronto. Um, and as a kid, I, you know, I just typical kid things. I loved being outside. I loved sports. I loved singing, of course. Uh, you know, honestly, all the simple things. And back when it was a simpler time, I feel like now it's so <laughs> much like TikTok and like, yeah. you know, all that stuff. So I'm glad that I kind of grew up out of that era, you know, as great as it is now. But yeah, I mean, pretty light childhood, nothing too crazy. Growing up in Canada, what is something people may not know that people like to do? Like, is there something that is a signature part of the culture or something that you enjoyed in Canada that maybe people in the States or some, uh, anywhere else maybe don't know about? Uh, I'm not sure if this is a thing in the States, but we have this thing called cabane à sucre, which is like a French uh, thing where basically in the winter you go to like this like cabin and I guess the woods and you uh, you eat all like this breakfast no matter time of the day and uh, you get like the stuff from the tree and you make like these like frozen like I guess like maple syrup pops and they're very strange and people think they're weird, but it's actually really good. I'm not sure if that's a thing in the States or not, but uh, yeah, I think that's something that we do. That's pretty cool. I know winter. I've never heard of that. Okay. I mean, so. also, yeah. Do you, <laughs> okay. do you like that kind of winter feel that Canada brings? I know when people think of Canada, they're like, oh, yeah. but did the outdoors kind of attract you to like be a kid and, and just enjoy being outside? Yes. I think definitely as a kid, it, it made me, appreciate the outdoors although now i'm a little bit older and i'm like <laughs> all right the winter's a little too long like we actually just got an ice storm like last week and i was like all right this is like a, a lot it's april now all right <laughs> but yeah i think as a kid i i was able to appreciate the outdoors more and you know make snowmen snowmen and do whatever so yeah <laughs> you talked about music was a big part of your childhood what was the first kind of musician artist song that you heard that kind of was like inspiring for you so the first song I actually bought on iTunes, I know, crazy, you used to have to buy songs. <laughs> Who does that now? <laughs> right? The first song I bought on iTunes was Apologize by One Republic. Uh, that was like my favorite song at the time. And it actually, we had, me and my dad I would have this deal where if I scored a goal in hockey, I was able to buy a song. So uh, that was the song I chose as my first one. And, uh, you know, I listened to Dynamite was one of my favorites by Tao Cruz, I think his name is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch. Honestly, just all that early 2000s stuff I loved. And it was it was my jam, you know? Just you saying those songs just make me feel so old. Because I'm like, that's like middle school, <laughs> elementary school time. Yeah. Those came out and I'm like, <laughs> I hear that song. It's like, oh, flashbacks. Going back in time now. So nostalgic. And I love it. Was that something that you and your dad kind of bonded over? Was kind of music? Or he was just doing that to kind of wanted you to be excited about interests that you enjoyed? I'm not sure if it was much of an agreement on like the music. I think it was more of like a he really wanted me to score because he was my <laughs> hockey coach. So he always wanted me to, you know, be the best, I guess. But so he's like scoring all but you can buy a song. So it was like a mutual agreement. And it definitely was a bonding moment for us because I was able to get what I loved and him too. And I I loved hockey as well. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. Playing sports, what did it teach you about yourself? 
Oh my, uh, it taught me a lot. It taught me how little things like getting injured a little bit, you don't necessarily need to freak out all the time because you're always getting injured playing, especially hockey. I feel like I was always getting these little injuries and I'd freak out, but my dad uh, taught me to be tough. And I th- I feel like now I've been able to move and use that in my real life with other things, not even physical, just mentally as well. And it, I think it's taught me a great lesson to be strong no matter what. And also being able to play on a team that helped me a lot with like like group projects and whatnot. <laughs> was that something you kind of lacked in? Was that mental toughness, physical toughness, emotional toughness growing up? Well, I started playing hockey when I was like five. So I feel like I never really was able to even live those experiences without. I just kind of like grew up into it and now realizing like some people who don't necessarily have that it's i'm like oh it's like such a normal thing but it's it's not for everybody so i've been able to realize that for sure i think a lot of people probably have to be put in those situations to really know do they have it in them because you know exactly yeah i'm tough well yeah but you can say that but you're not really i think people even when they go to the gym they think oh because i'm lifting all these weights yeah that's physical toughness but really in that emotional aspect that's the true toughness i would say Mm -hmm. And I forgot to mention it. I think it also just made me um, more motivated to be better at like everything I would do. Like I, I wouldn't do anything like uh, to the best of my abilities. I always wanted to do things to the best of my abilities. And I think that agreement with my dad actually really helped me uh, do that because I would be like, oh, I'll try my best this game. And then I'll try even harder next game into two goals. And then I'll do three goals. And, and then I get three songs. So I think that also really helped me. Did you always see yourself playing hockey kind of long-term or was it something just to enjoy during that phase in your life? So I was also playing soccer at the time and I was actually more of a soccer player, I would say, but uh, my dad was always more of a hockey player. So he encouraged me to play hockey more. And uh, once it got to a point where I was like, I don't even, when I became old enough to, and it became more of like a serious thing, I couldn't unfortunately do both. So uh, considering my dad wanted me to play hockey, I stuck to hockey and then kind of lost interest for it because I wasn't uh, super passionate about it like I was with soccer. So I stopped when I was like 16. But I I mean, I'm grateful for the 11 years that it brought me and the experiences. And now it'll never lose that ability to, you know, skate and do all that stuff. Growing up, did you have anyone that was a huge motivator or inspiration in your life? I feel like. I've made it pretty clear that my dad has helped me <laughs> with a lot of that. Honestly, just my whole family. Everyone's been like, I'm the youngest of my family and my siblings are a lot older than me. So I feel like I was able to kind of learn through all of their mistakes, which sounds bad, but like I was able to take their uh, life advice and incorporate it into my life. And when I got to an age where life actually like was imp- more important, I guess, uh, I was able to use those skills in my real life. So I guess my family, honestly, more than anyone. Did you have a close bond with your other siblings being the youngest? It was hard for a while. Uh, you know, they got into things before I was able to even do things. So for a while, it was really hard. But uh, once I got like a little bit older, we developed a close bond that we still have to this day. Sometimes we're asked that fun question, what is that dream job of ours? As you're growing up, what was that dream job that you were wanting? So for a while, I wanted to be a professional soccer player, which 
God, I feel like, <laughs> God, looking back, I'm like, oh, God, child, you need to realize that's not possible. Uh, but, uh, you know, music has always been something that's kind of always been in the back of my mind, but I never really thought it was possible. And well, growing up, it was a lot harder to do than it is now. So every time it would be brought up into conversation, everyone was like, eh, like, it's a dumb dream, like, just drop it. So I, I kind of brushed it off to the side, but it was kind of always with me. How did you start getting into like singing and songwriting and kind of that path? So my sister actually is the reason I got into singing. She would uh, post these YouTube covers online and uh, I would almost mock her in a way. Like I would go <laughs> home and record those same songs in my closet and make fun of like the intro she would do. But then it eventually came to a point where I was like, wait, like I actually like doing this. Like what? So I developed like this small fan base on YouTube and everyone would tell me like, oh, why don't you just like make music yourself and do that? And I never really even thought about it because everyone was telling me it's like a dumb dream. So obviously when you're young, everything you learn, it's like you absorb it and it sticks with you forever. So I was like, wait, maybe I could do that. So I kind of just started writing songs as a form of therapy for me and just a way to like let out my thoughts and never really thought anything of it until I actually hit up this producer and I was like let's do it like why not and uh yeah that's kind of how I got started with it my sister I guess would you say you're more self-taught when it comes into the music world like did you not do anything in school that might have helped you or kind of like it's kind of writing songs kind of goes with like English class literature classes where you're writing poems and stuff because and things like that. I think in terms of the songwriting, it wasn't much that I took from like school or whatever. But I think when it comes to like performing and like the idea of it, I did like theater in high school. So that definitely like I did musicals and all this stuff. So that definitely made me want to be a performer and just an entertainer. Knowing back then when you wanted to be a musician, you see how tough it is because anyone can become one and it's hard yeah. to make that into the industry. Did you always have a backup plan? Like, what happens if this music path doesn't work out? Yes. Uh, I think not even just, I just loved the whole idea of the music industry, whether that be the business side, the performing side, the songwriting, um, and even the film industry as well. I've, I just love those two industries. And I, I think there's so many different opportunities that are available in them. And it's such... In a time like this, it's like everything needs work right now. So it's uh, you can find almost a job in anything as long as you have the right credentials and stuff. So I I never really thought too much of backup plans. I kind of just fell down a path that like had a bunch of open doors and I was able to kind of choose what I wanted to do with that. So, yeah. Do you remember what was going through your mind writing that first song that you created? What was the kind of the mission or message behind that song? Oh God. Uh, the first song I wrote, it was like so random. Like it, it, it actually came out of like nowhere. Like it honestly <laughs> doesn't mean anything to me. Like it was just, I was learning. I kind of just threw words out and was like, hopefully this works and just put it together. Uh, but I think the first song that actually meant something to me, it, uh, is a song of mine called Untold Secrets. And, uh, it's, I never really knew what it meant to me until like, literally like last summer and I wrote it like 2019 so it took me a while to actually come to terms with the fact that like this is what it means to you like hello and uh yeah 
it just took me a while. But I think now I'm able to relate now that I've lived more and had experiences that are significant and gone through breakups and, uh, you know, heartbreak and all that stuff. It's allowed me to write songs about that. And also just like taking from other people's lives, like the people around me, it doesn't always necessarily have to be about me. And I like to just write things that people can relate to and that feel real. We go in more in details about writing songs that mean something to you or what it can affect to other people. With each of your songs, are you trying to focus on a certain aspect of like Untold Secrets could be about a certain topic and the next song is about a certain topic because other people can relate. And I think a lot of people utilize songs and they're like, okay, they said a certain line in that song and they're like, I can relate to what that person might be going through. Yeah, so I'm... As uh, I make this music world and I'm trying to develop this story that's like kind of like a it's like a breakup, but it's like the the ways of ways people cope with it. And what I've been trying to do with the music is kind of making an album. Well, yeah, developing an album where everyone can relate to at least one of the songs or one of the lyrics. And it's kind of just like everywhere and like everyone can relate in their own way. And I've always loved like being able to relate to a song so I know like how it feels and I just want people to have that same feeling that I would get. So I'm really trying to put these songs so they're as similar as possible, but also also as different as possible, if you know what I mean, so that everyone can have their song, you know, that they're like, oh, that's the one I relate to. Out of all your songs, which one has had the biggest impact in your life? Or what has been the biggest emotional impact that you have told to your listeners? So Untold Secrets was definitely the song that's probably, it even still does mean the most to me. Uh, yeah, it's it, it means a lot to me and it means a lot to a lot of other people, which I was never expecting the, the messages that I receive. And it, it honestly just makes it all feel worth it. What was that Untold Secret? So the Untold Secret the big voila secret was you know when i wrote the first the song initially it was uh i guess it was 2020 i said 2019 but i guess it was 2020 because it was when the pandemic started and it served as like this like feeling of being like stuck inside and not being able to be with anyone and feeling lost in your own thoughts and all this all that and i scrapped the song for a while because i was like this is stupid like i can't even record the song so i might as well just get rid of it and when it came back to when I was developing this album, I came back to it and I was like, wait, I forgot about this song. And then I started writing it again. And this was, I guess, 2022. So about two years later, and I recorded it and I, I didn't love it for a while. And I played it for a few people and they were like, you, like, what are you trying to tell me right now? Like, and I was like, I don't know. What do you think I'm trying to tell you? They're like, are you coming out to me? And I was like, oh my God, am I? And like for a while, like I didn't realize that. And once I finally went back and I re-recorded it and rewrote like the bridge and stuff, I realized that it like was this coming out story for me. And I I didn't even like realize that it was just like a subconscious song. And uh, yeah, it, it allowed me to come out to the world as bisexual and my family and everyone. And it just, yeah, I don't know. That's why it means a lot to me. I just, it, it just. I don't even know. It was just like a subconscious song that, that kind of came out of nowhere. 
Do you feel that opportunity to share to the world about coming out was easier through a song than maybe a social media post or just having that conversation with friends and family? Yeah, so I liked the idea that it was kind of like like a puzzle in a way. Like you kind of got to like figure out the message of the song and I wasn't really clear about it until, you know, a few weeks later or whatever that I announced it. But um yeah, and I it also gave me that opportunity so people could listen to it if they didn't realize the first time once I actually told everybody and, you know, made it public, everyone listened to it again and was like, oh, like it has a completely different meaning now. So like it's kind of like a dual meaning where it could just be about a breakup and it can also just be about coming to terms with yourself and keeping all the untold secrets and hopefully sharing them someday. <laughs> Prior to the song, was that something that you were fighting with? like being able to be open and kind of be true to yourself and share. Yeah, I, I struggled for a while to be uh, vocal with my emotions. And that's kind of why I like leaned towards songwriting, because it was like this own world that I created in my head. And it was like all the things I never got to say. So I just would songwrite. And it was my way of like, you know, people have their diaries and people have their journals and whatnot. But like my diary was songwriting. And it allowed me to share all my stories with myself and not have anyone listen to them for a while until now. Now I've leaked <laughs> it all. But uh, yeah, like it, it was just like my diary and just my way of therapy. I think that just shows the power of content creation, creation and including songwriting, because yeah. you have control of what you're going to be sharing. Like exactly. a listener is not going to say you have to talk about this. You have to talk about that you have that power. And I think even for me on a podcast side, I'm able to share what I want to my listeners about me. They can find Absolutely. episodes about me, but yeah. I get to control what I get to say. And I think it's just amazing that you have been open and sharing it to the world because some people struggle with that, but you are a, an impactful person that's able to share and be powerful with them. Thank you. Appreciate it. Is there any kind of genre that you stick to with songwriting or do you have like a musical style? Would you say? Uh, I've been told a lot of like singer songwriter slash like sad boy bedroom pop. That's pretty much what I've gotten. <laughs> I know I, I there's so many, I honestly don't stick to a genre and especially with like the stuff that I'm recording now, it's like so different than what I've recorded. So I've kind of just, I'm really messing around right now trying to figure out what I want my sound to be. Is there any influencers in songwriters, like in the music world that you kind of get in inspiration from? Do they have that kind of beats or lyrics or? Yeah. So some of my favorite artists like that I look up to are like Jeremy Zucker. I love his writing style and I love his honest lyrics. And I think that's really where I've gotten a lot of my inspiration from. And uh, singers like even, I'm not sure if you know who Tate McRae is. Uh, she's got some great songwriting skills that I've been able to listen to and, you know, get inspiration from. And I think those two are really just, and also I would say those two kind of like represent the genre I'm kind of go for, going for. So, um, yeah. I think the best part is no singer sticks with one genre. I mean, yeah. what they said about Taylor Swift, she's country, but now she comes out with pop songs. So exactly. and you are basically creating your own path. And if yep. you switch to rock or pop or whatever, it's your music. You're allowed to do it. Exactly. 
How hard has it been to kind of make it a career? Obviously, streamer, well, we kind of talked about earlier where buying on iTunes, no one really does that much, but it's the power of streaming on like Spotify and those kind of places. Has it been a challenge for you to kind of make it a career path? Yes, it's it's definitely not an easy industry to come out of nowhere with, you know, for a while. It was like you the only way you can do this is if you have a major record label and you sign this label and then they send your song to radio and if it flops then you're a flop and if it doesn't then you make it so it it was very just like hit or miss and it was you're either taylor swift or you're nobody for a while and now it's there's so many new opportunities and people can do it like independently and you don't need the support of a label and you don't need all that and there's there's pros and cons to that right because for a while it was almost I want to say less competitive because the only people that could do it were the people who were super passionate and the people who got those opportunities. Whereas now it's like everybody can do it. So, and you know, even with TikTok and stuff, like even mainstream artists from five years ago are struggling to have songs that do well because of, you know, TikTok has almost taken over the music industry essentially. And the way to get a hit song is if you have a TikTok song now, right? So I think now it's just there's so much competition that it makes it hard. And there's and, you know, as good as it is, and I'm so happy that everyone's able to do it at the same time. It's it's really hard to, quote unquote, make it in the industry. During this time, as you say, it's hard to make it in this industry. Are you working on ways to kind of develop in different areas or kind of having that next chapters to kind of really branch out? So I've gotten really lucky where I've been able before ever like TikTok took over the world and before everything took over the world. I had this, I have a following on YouTube and I have a following on Instagram. And so I think social media is so important when it comes to anything music, because it's kind of like the only way to promote it now, because people don't yeah. really send songs to radio anymore. Radio wasn't as big as it was, uh, I don't know, 15 years ago. Right. So now it's it's really just social media driven and i've also been able to do some other opportunities which can't really speak about but on the acting side uh that i'm slowly working on now and uh hopefully you know that brings more attention to everything um but yeah i've been trying to really just work on the social medias what do you feel that you need to do to like increase that social media following to kind of get those numbers up higher on streaming downloads and things like that? So, you know, being authentic, I think is just so important. If people don't really realize that, like they're like, oh, just being authentic, but it's like actually really important. And people want to see more of your life. They don't only want to see your promotion for music like they want to see what you're doing every day they want to see uh you know when you're having fun on the weekend with your friends they want to see all that they want to be like the feels like they're a part of your life and that to me has been like the best way I've been able to build this like I really like to call it a fan base but a fan base and people who you know answering their messages and you know just having conversations with them it's like they're real people they're not just like people listening to you like you're you're no different than them you're not like god compared to them you know it's and you know for some people it may be like that but i've i always try to like find a way to like relate to them and yeah 
I love that you mentioned about the authenticity because people connect to people if they are real showcasing their lives. Like, I, I mean, yeah, I could watch a celebrity on Instagram and be like, cool, but is that all you do? Like, exactly. you only promote with your like friendships that you have and kind of gaining that following. Have you noticed the real friendships grown within your friends group or have you kind of had that? They only want to be a part of your life because you have that following or that clout culture, would you say? So I actually, I, I try not to tell people and I try not to like mention it. Uh, a lot of the time it's people finding out, but I, I really haven't noticed people are only friends with me because of, you know, the, the clout, I guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I haven't really noticed that. Thankfully, you know, maybe there are some people who are only friends with me because I have a, some amount of followers, but I, I really hope not. <laughs> no, that's, are- yeah. I mean, it's so true. Cause you, you want the real people. And I think it goes back to authenticity. Yeah. Like, are yeah. they really going to be your friends? Are they going to be, if you're going through something major, are they going to be there to step up as a friend? Or do they want to just be tagged in my Instagram story? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's like <laughs> someone could be my friends. Yeah. Go see my 500 followers or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> No, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's definitely a problem for some people. You talked about things that I know you can't talk about. Is this exciting for you to see where the next steps are going or that towards that path? And it gets you excited to wake up each day to see what can I do next? What else can I do out there? Yeah, I I think it's very exciting to know or not know what's going to happen and uh, I I've, I'm always like getting these new ideas of what I want to do and try and branch out on and some of them fail miserably but you know some of them work out and that's part of life it's uh, trial and error and that's what I'm doing right now trying to figure out what I want to do as we start closing this interview sometimes our listeners love to learn more about the individual that we're interviewing what are some things that you enjoy doing when you're not creating music nowadays so I like I've said multiple times, I love to hang out with my friends, you know, just go out, have fun. Uh, I love to play video games. That's uh, one of my guilty pleasures. <laughs> I love to travel. Traveling is probably the biggest thing for me. It's I love seeing other places in the world. I love being able to immerse myself in other culture, other cultures. And yeah, honestly, I'm a pretty, pretty simple person. I like sports too, but it's more of a hobby now than ever before. So yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty pretty easy going. I like to just hang out with my family, my friends, travel, make music. (laughs) (laughs) What's that dream location on your bucket list? Oh my God. There's so many (laughs) right now. I would say probably like Japan or Uh like Thailand or something like that. Somewhere in Asia. I definitely want to do an Asia trip at some point soon. Is that been like a location that the culture is so power, like, you learn so much because it's different than here in North America, but it's so fascinating to see pictures or videos, but you just want to immerse yourself in that culture. Yeah, absolutely. It's crazy to me that like in this place that's, you know, it's far, but it's not like that far. Like we're also human, right? It's like so different and there's so many different ways of life and it interests me. And I, I'd love to just be there and see how they live versus how we live here. And Yeah. Do you have any goals for yourself that you're hoping to set in the next few years? 
I'd like to release an album. That's kind of, I'm hoping I'm not so hard on myself and hoping I can just come to an agreement with myself that like these songs work and I don't just scrap them all because I tend to do that a lot. Um, I, I'd love to hopefully get a dog. I know it's a little, <laughs> but, uh, I'd love to do that. Um, I'd love to start my own record label and hopefully help some up and coming artists to have their own platform and have that, uh, that voice that a lot of people would like to have. Uh, that's one of my biggest dreams in these next few years to start, start doing that, start their own label and stuff. You, I want to talk about two of the things you just mentioned, starting the album, getting more involved in the music industry with maybe not having that education within like the music industry. Do you feel that you have gained an advantage being involved in music that you really can understand it from an artist perspective that can help you reach those goals? When some people that are listening, they might feel that maybe I should go to school. But also, I want to be involved in it, like internship style, because that's where they learn the best. Yes, absolutely. So I love that I've been able to, you know, develop this idea of what the world is like. And I've I've seen record label contracts. I've seen all this stuff. And I'm, I feel like I'm able to build this world that is good for both sides of it, for the business side, but also the artist side. And I think it's so important the artists have their vision because at the end of the day, they're the ones that are being promoted everywhere, right? Like yep. labels have so much power and I think the artists should have more power than the labels. It's, I don't think it really makes sense. Like I'm the one singing, I'm the one writing. Why do you have all the power over me? Like it makes no sense. So I want to build a world where it's a, it's a mutual thing and it's, it's everyone has their own say and, and everything like that. So feel like with the music that I've made and me doing it independently I've been able to see kind of both sides of it because I've you know tried the label thing and whatnot so the final question I'll ask you for someone that's listening to this interview based on your journey and experience what tips or advice would you give them to overcome obstacles accomplish their goals and rise to the challenge I would say just go for it you know just if there's that thing you're considering and there's that thing that you're like not so sure about it's worth the risk. If you are passionate about it, you know, it's it, go for it. Why not? If it fails and you lose a few years of your life for, you know, going for something in school that may not end up working out for you, there's always more time. That's the beautiful thing we've been given during life. We have time to accomplish the things we really love. And if you don't love something that you're doing currently, you can always change what you're doing. So I think just go for it. Well, Dylan, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about your rise to the challenge. You're inspiring so many people and we are excited to see what the future looks like for you. Thank you so much for having me. It was a great talk. Tune in next time here. My next guest talk about their rise to the challenge. Remember to follow, subscribe on all major audio platforms and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel to see the full length episode and video format. What path do you take to accomplish your goals? You decide.